It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, it's time for episode 260 of the Three Point Podcast, and we are, of course, a tradition unlike any other. Presented by Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis, March Madness is over. UConn and LSU are crowned as champions. Our championship roster includes Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. And speaking of Memorial, they've got some new things they wanted me to pass on, guys. There's still seats available for their Easter Bunny breakfast this Saturday from 9 to 11. It's a member-exclusive event that will feature games, an egg hunt, pancake breakfast, and a visit by the Easter Bunny himself. Uh, For more details, definitely check out Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Also, they have children's swimming lessons beginning next Tuesday, uh, April 11th. They have limited spots available and also taking a wait list for registrations. And um, Matt, you're the one, you're the resident guy with young kids. Uh, Has Claire figured out uh, swimming lessons at this point? She's done swimming lessons, yeah. The YMCA that we go to offers them. Uh, She's done them at another place too, but... Yeah, we, so she's done swimming lessons, and she she loves the water, but it is crazy because I was talking to my sisters and my family when we were visiting this past week. We used to just go up to the Corona pool to do yeah. it every summer, swimming lessons every summer, and I guess as a kid, you don't realize, I mean, parents probably have to sign up and all that kind of stuff, but now, like, there's all these different swim lesson programs and, like, YMCAs and, all like, Memorial and all these other places you go to do swim lessons, but... We just used to go up to the Corona pool and do swim lessons every summer. That, that's where I learned. I mean, yeah. I learned from a lady named Leona that had the biggest, most freckly boobs I've ever seen. I mean, it was <laughs> unreal as a young kid. <laughs> God, we're up and running today. We're up and running. <laughs> get on with the get on with the read. Yeah, uh, I remember the the legend uh, Sid. Um, what's his real name though? Sid Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He was there doing swim lessons. He was one of the teachers when I was a kid. <laughs> He's still around. I know involved with Corona too. Well, I do want to also uh, say uh, salute to Skymint Cannabis, another one of our great sponsors. Uh, you know, April Fool's Day was just a couple days away, but they have no joke eights. If you know what that is, if you're a cannabis lover, you'll know what I'm talking about. They have a lot of specials on flour and pre-rolls, edibles, extracts. They have over now over 20 locations in the state of Michigan continuing to grow. And uh, just one of our great, great partners. Also, speaking of our great local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grow and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Well. Let's catch up, guys. I know, Matt, you were on an extended vacation at Disney. Maybe you ought to start us off here. Yep, back from Disney. Um, you know, you guys dog on me a little bit sometimes for the amount of times we've gone to Disney. This one was a little extra special because uh, my whole family went, parents and siblings and a whole group of 14 of us roaming around Disney. And it was, we didn't see, you know, usually, Ted, you've been down to Florida quite a bit. Usually yep. those pop-up Florida showers just... Even if the weather forecast says sunny and 85 all day, like you just you have to prepare for rain. Usually in Florida, we didn't see one drop of rain, maybe overnight when we were sleeping. Maybe there was a little drizzle or something, but sunny, mid upper 80s every day getting to go to the pool. It was, you know, a little hot at the parks, but, you know, we're I'm a little bit of a Disney veteran at this point. I'm able to navigate around and be like, all right, let's do an indoor ride or an indoor show to cool off, go do some other rides, stop for maybe some ice cream or lunch to kind of cool down a little bit. So we got a lot in. I mean, I, I was not necessarily like apologizing, but uh, like kind of apologizing to my family. Like, I hope I'm not trying to be too demanding because I was like, we'd get off one thing or out of one show and I'd be like, all right, we got to get here. All right, let's get here. Because we figured out, if you do Disney, like if you want to do it right, I guess you got to have a little bit of a schedule. And I mean, I mean, I'm definitely one to have like a plan and and be scheduled because if you want to actually do stuff, you got to like, you know, there's all these different sections of the parks with rides and shows. And if you're trying to go from like, well, let's do this one and then let's go way over here, do this one and then back over here, you're not going to end up doing anything. So it's like, all right, let's go to this section. Pink, 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 knock these out. Okay. Maybe grab a little snack move over here, pink, 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 knock these out. And, and we did that and we got a lot in, we walked, my wife has an Apple watch and we walked like seven and a half miles the first day, almost <laughs> eight miles the second day. Um, just, just us, we like my, my family, we went back on Saturday, we walked almost eight miles. We did three parks in one day that day. So, um, it was awesome. I, I'm, I've seen, seen my parents, you know, getting, getting to see, you know, their grandkids, the excitement, seeing my niece and nephews, um, and you know, like my, my daughter, my son with their cousins and stuff like have experiencing that Disney magic. It, it really was, it was a, a fantastic trip. You know, of all the vacations I ever took in my life, the Disney one is the one I remember the most fondly when I was, and I only went when I was maybe five and which is weird, but I do, I remember a lot of it really. Um, Seemed like it went by in a flash. I mean, the one thing that I've noticed that they've recently built that I think looks freaking awesome. I don't know. You're not a Star Wars guy, obviously, Matt, but have you checked out the Star Wars world? Yeah. So that, yes, we went to, that's at Hollywood Studios and uh, Galaxy's Edge is the area. Yes, I am not a Star Wars guy by any means, but it's impressive. I mean, the Millennium Falcon is there and I don't know what the other names of the ships. There's like other ships there. 
some of I didn't do this ride, but you can actually go on the Millennium Falcon and drive it. And so some people did that ride. They're the like the the ride. It's more of an experience. It's called Rise of the Resistance. It's a it's one of the rides there rides in that section of the park. Honestly, it's never less than a two or three hour wait. <laughs> it's always two or three hours. People Jeez, show up two or three hours before the park opens to try and get in there. They have this new thing where you can get um, like special passes to skip lines. That one you can pay. You have to pay individually for if you want to. Um, we were able to get on it, though. We were able to get on it. So there was one of those things like I have to do it, even though I don't really care about Star Wars, have to do it because it's always like a three hour wait. It was pretty sweet. I mean, you literally it's it's a it's like a half hour experience ride. Wow. Like the storm, you're, you're on like a ship. Or something uh, like I said, I don't know the names of this stuff. And the stormtroopers come and take over, and then like you're the resistance, so like you get walked through, and stormtroopers are like walking you through. And the whole time they're called cast members, you know, the people that work there. They're they're living it up. I mean, there there's no they're not breaking character. You know, they're not like laughing about things, or you know, they're telling you because they're treating you like you're a prisoner. Basically, they're like, get over there in line, get over there. So they're not breaking character. And then you end up the ride, you end up like on a, uh, the, the resistance people come to save you and you end up like in a stormtrooper shootout and you're going all over and like Darth Vader's and it's just like all this stuff. So like that was, it was sweet. It was cool. That was the a long answer to your whole star Wars thing, but the, that, that area is cool. So I, when I, we used to go to Cedar point every year and there, it would always be, we'd always go the last weekend of the year. Cause usually the lines were, were very limited, but there still would be like on a Saturday, some years when it was nice weather out, like the lines would be hell. Does that kind of ruin the, the experience at all? Like, are you waiting in lines like this entire trip basically for every single thing you do or are the lines not that bad? Dizzy? I've heard they're, I've heard they're horrible. They're pretty bad for, especially some of the big rides, but so they have this pass thing now where you you pay each day that you go it's called genie plus and you can schedule out by skipping lines so i i kind of ran the show on that and i mean nice. i was taking input from everyone of course but you can like you can do a ride to skip the line then when you do that when you can schedule the next one schedule right. the next one and it books times so if you that's another thing like it's it's another cost but if you don't do that you're spending three-fourths of your day sitting in line Mm -hmm. and when you've got six or seven you know kids toddlers babies you do not want a 90 degree heat you do not want to be sitting in line for two hours you know the the amount of snacks and like tablet shows it won't matter if you're sitting in line for two or three hours sounds like you were you were although you were on vacation sounds like you were like basically almost coordinating like a fortune 500 company with the amount (laughs) of work you were doing on this trip man (laughs) i mean i'm listening to it it's like Bless you for being the guy that had to kind of do this. You're obviously the Disney pro, so it makes sense you would do it. But it sounds like a lot of work. I mean, it, it is a little bit, but I honestly, it's fun. I, I like doing it. And, you know, like I said, if you don't plan it, plan it out like that, you will just end up sitting in line all day. So I've we figured out, like, you kind of have to, especially, like, with my family making the trip. I wanted to make sure that they got got the most out of their trip, too. Right. So, so salute to you. And the follow the follow up question I have is, and I I, have, I definitely appreciate uh, the organizational skill you have because I'm kind of along the same way. Uh, I know there was 
we discussed it on our last podcast before you headed out on vacation. Uh, did it go pretty much uh, flawless as far as all your scheduling, the family all? I know you got a close family, so yeah. there probably wasn't much drama anyway, but did it all fall together really nice? Yeah. I mean, everyone got there on time and uh, reservations were good. And yeah, everyone kind of at, at some points did their own thing a little bit. Like, you know, so maybe some people wanted to go get a snack or something. Other people wanted to go do a ride or whatever. So I that, that's fine. And figuring out where we were going to eat lunch and stuff like that. So really it, um, yeah, it, it really, I don't know if it could, it could have gone any better. It was you, awesome. It was but great. what sucks now, man, is, I mean, are you just in hell right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, it does when you come back from vacation, it really is like it's the worst couple days until you really like basically a whole week until you yeah. really get back in the rhythm. It's terrible. It is. And it, like I, I was off yesterday. I didn't have to go to work. So luckily I had yesterday um to kind of mentally prepare. Know, do laundry and some other do stuff. Laundry, but I had yeah. to I had like nine errands to run. So it's not like yesterday was just recharging or whatever. But yeah, back to work. <laughs> yeah. Got to get on that semi-retired schedule like Ted. There you go. Nothing like it. Jared, you're also, uh, you know, heading into a real busy stretch, as they say, April in the D. How's it been going so far? Uh, Yeah, I mean, really, it's been, this is like my last week of busyness. But I had like three weeks where, you know, I'm probably, I think I maybe had two days off this, these last like month, essentially. It's, it's it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, what's nice is that we kind of have like a summer here when, when it's just the tigers and and that day is April 14th, Red Wings last game is April 13th. So just kind of building up until that point. Uh, and until we get there, it's just kind of pedal to the metal. So yeah. it's all right with it. I kind of like it, man. It's like, you're in the, you're in a, you're in a, uh, a trench, you're in a foxhole and you're just like, you figure out who's with you or whatever that type of thing. That's how right. I like to do it. It's like you're, you're heading to battle. Um, I got one quick thing on my catch-up outside of that, and this is so stupid, I, I, but I just got to bring it up because you just, sometimes you just got to laugh at yourself. I freaking hate April Fool's Day. I really do. <laughs> it is the dumbest holiday that's maybe ever been created, man. Uh, I got fooled a couple different times. I was going to say, you you must have got fooled a couple times. First one, this one was, looking back, it was so idiotic, but they were so brilliant with how they pulled it off. Um, so for this so stupid, but whatever. I'm just going to say it. So... As you guys know, I, I like Mackinac Island. I follow I like one of their like travel guides or something like that on Facebook. Um, and I, it just popped up on my timeline that basically, oh, it's like the the um, the anchors that hold this island in place. They've like they, their tethers have busted. And it's one of those things you're reading and you're like, this is no way like this is there's no way this is true. But like, what a fun fact. Um, and the way they drew it up, man, it was like they have all these like 1920 drawings. Of the it looks was such a pr- professional article that was written. Pictures of where this this like would be tethered in at on the three spots on the island, like uh, picto charts. Uh, it, so that fooled me. I sent that to my dad. He basically <laughs> called me. An idiot. Um, then the second one, most, and this is we we're your, your dad, who is a teacher by and trade. Super is probably like, Listen, I knew how dumb it was, but it was like I, you don't. I get fooled all the time on social media is what I'm basically saying is if I'm getting fooled, I can't imagine how many other people yeah. are getting fooled by misinformation, not only on April fool's day, but all this yeah. other stuff. Then the second one that happened was uh, this deep water connoisseur, Michigan state propaganda account um, where when Hunter Dickinson announced he was entering the portal, <laughs> they they had some caption that said like Hunter Dickinson says that the only, that all Juwan wanted to do this year was like showcase jet. 
And they smartly did it where I just saw the headline and like the video below, the video didn't have any audio. Uh, so all I read was the headline figured, oh, like my phone's just not working. The audio is not working on this, but he, he must have said it. So then I spread that misinformation around that he said that. So it just was a, I felt really dumb this past week and I hate that damn holiday every year. It fools me like that every year. Um, so that's where I was it at. Is. Like, you're, like, I, you're, you know, just being an idiot back here. Yep. I had a, uh, a friend send to like a group with a few of us who we, um, you know, talk a lot about sports or whatever. Cam Newton signs with the Lions and he, he signed, he <laughs> sent some that. article or something and he was like, Oh, the Lions finally addressed their backup quarterback, blah, blah, you know, and some other stuff. And I was like, uh, uh, so I, I did. I kind of forgot when he sent that, I forgot for a second that it was April 1st. So I went immediately to Adam Schefter's Twitter because like for the most part, I'm like, until Schefter tweets it out, I'm not yeah. not believing it. And there was nothing about Cam Newton to the Lions. So then I was like, oh, yeah, April 1st. And so, yeah, t- Twitter's bad for that because. Oh, yeah. Like you said, man, people like sometimes you can tell because it's a cheesy graphic done in paint or something. Some people write up legit article. I mean, like this Mackinac Island one. It sounds like someone put some time into. No, it's really Mackinac Island tied down by tethers, though. That's. (laughs) I mean, it was stupid. Obviously, looking back, but it was just like you don't. When you read something like that, you 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 just wonder why the hell would somebody fake this? You don't realize that it's April Fool's Day until you've already made your a jackass out of yourself. So that's where I was. Um, but man, dude, these these fakes and these deep fakes online are getting so good, like, and they're so pointless. Like, there was one that duped me a while ago, where it was just like, oh, Steph Curry's got a new new hairdo, and it was just like him, like with a shaved head. Like, why? Like, and that was fake. It's like, why would somebody even take the time to fake that out? I, I so, I just I need to be smarter online, right, Ted? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been fooled myself. I've retweeted a couple different things in the past <laughs> that were were false, you know, and yeah. I learned my lesson. If there's some real big story, like uh, Matt was just talking about, I'm going to do a little research before I, I retweet it just to right. make sure it's a true story, but it's easier said than done, man. When yeah. it comes to April fool's day and, uh, and other shenanigans man, social media is it's brutal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they could definitely fool you, man. It, you got to beware for sure. Um, you know, before we move on guys and talk uh, college, it's, basketball, sorry, it, it's changed. Yeah. It's changed Ted from, what back in the day, April Fools was just like the water bucket over a doorway, or you know, yes. that, that's what it was back in the day, right? Now it's it's social media articles about athletes and Mackinac right. Island floating away off into the ocean. Which I'll be honest, I like this version better. I don't like, <laughs> I, like if I ever walked out a door and somebody dumped water on me, like I'd be pissed. So I just hate the holiday. It's such a it's a like I, I'm sound like a Scrooge, but I just it's such a silly holiday. Now, before we move on from April Fool's, have you guys, did you ever have a classic uh, April Fool's joke you played on somebody that uh, you you always remember? You know, I I, I all started off, and this is kind of a lame, I'm sure Jared will say, but (laughs) when when we were kids, I might have been about 12 years old, and my parents' basement every once in a while would flood, you know, and uh, it'd get water in it. And I, I remember coming upstairs and telling my mother, oh, mom the basement's all flooded, you know, and then she went into a tizzy, bought it hook, line and sinker. Oh, and I had my chance to say April fools, you know, nice. so that, that was my one memory that, uh, I, that really stands out. That's a good one until like, until you get blamed for it until like <laughs> you, you get in trouble for it until, you know, they figure out that it's a joke. Right. I, I, the one that comes to mind, I mean, I, I don't know about like practical jokes if I did a ton of those, but one time in college, 
sparing some of the um, specific details. There were there was a girl that me and my roommates we we're all friends with, but one of us, um, you know, like had you know hung out with a little more than the rest of us. And on April Fools, you know, we we were all like woke up or got back from class or something. Her name was let's just call her Barbara. I'll, <laughs> I'll leave her name out. We were like, hey man, this, so three of us were in on it. We were like, hey man, Barbara just came over and told us she's pregnant. <laughs> and he was like, he like, I mean, you you could yeah, you yeah, can imagine the reaction. And we we played it right, man. We played it off for a good couple hours, and man, he was stressing out. <laughs> that's not even right. <laughs> so fi- finally, we were we could tell me he he was starting to he was starting to really stress out. So we 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 broke it to him. But that was that's always a good one. That still comes up. Like the four of us, we still have a group chat that still comes up every once in a while. Yeah, that's that's not even right. I don't know. If they, I that would drive me. I would. I don't know what I would do if somebody tried pulling that stunt on me. That's <laughs> two hours of stress, man. That's yeah, pretty, pretty, ultimate, pretty brutal. Yeah. I think he. I think he went through a whole tin of dip, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's April Fool stuff, but uh, you know we had some good <laughs> basketball. We need to get into that before we do, guys. Just uh, we had our three point podcast rivals contest, and uh, I think we have some winners, don't we? We do. Jared knows a couple. Yeah, oh, so, we all kind of we we know them all, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All uh, all t- affiliated with us in one way or another. First place was my next door neighbor growing up, which is Scott Birchmeyer. I think he. We didn't have the best pool where uh, the winner was only 750 points. So we yeah. were a little bit lacking uh, yeah. in our brain power as a, as a community. So that wasn't good. I shouldn't talk. I think I was dead last. So yeah. he, and he, I think he tripled my the 750 points the winner had. I think tripled my 250 points. So <laughs> can't say much. Yeah. Uh, second place was Brian Farber, who's from the Grand Rapids area. Fox 17 connection with Matt. And then third place was Ethan Quinn, who's now down in Texas. So... Yeah, so congrats to those guys. They'll be getting their Rivals gear uh, very soon. Yeah, so we can definitely hold on to the Rivals cards. I'm not sure if if they'll they'll all be making trips over to Corona to go to Rivals for a burger, but, you know, we can send out. We've got some three-point pod swag we can maybe send out, but a little confusion this year. We've we've done the bracket challenge for a few years now. I don't know. Every year, I don't know why. I just open a new pool, and I've had some friends tell me, like, why do you do that? I really, I don't know why out of habit. So next year we'll, we'll make sure I'll figure out a way to delete the old ones or something. We'll, we'll make sure everyone's joining the same one. Cause I think a fair amount joined the one from well, last year. Well, here's what's silly is I know for a fact, because I almost joined mine from last year. It will give you a red alert that says you're joining a 2022 bracket. Right. So Ted, I know you were one of them that maybe joined the wrong bracket. I mean, yeah, mine did. I don't remember seeing an alert. media. Yeah. 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 We were sharing out the link. There there was just a little confusion and we were Mm kind of rushed. We didn't share the link until like two or three days before the tournament started. So a little busy this year. We got it out though. We had over over 120, 110, 120 people in it this year. So nice. Pretty good. Jared, what? So you said, yeah, the points, we, the winner, um, your neighbor had like 750. I know you have a huge pool. How many points were the did the winner in your uh, set? Like eleven. I think oh, the winner really? had like eleven eighty, and that's because wow. of UConn. You know what's funny about March Madness and brackets is the guys who finish like first and second in that 
when the when the brackets are first and out, you know, like right when the very first game starts and you can see everybody's brackets. I remember specifically looking at those two brackets saying those are idiotic because <laughs> they had San Diego State winning it all in one of them and UConn winning it. I was like, well, those are out. Those have no chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little do you know, it's freaking dead wrong. Yeah. Especially with this one. If you by chance picked San Diego State or UConn to make the final four, you were going to win your bracket pool because no, no one else did. Right. You know, in, in hindsight, and we'll get more into it when we talk the tournament, you know, UConn, it's funny, you know, watching them play. How did how did everybody not be on top of that? You know, they, they're they good team, man, obviously. They well, were ranked. They were ranked in the top. I mean, at least 20, you know, yeah. top 10, top 20 all year. I think it's just the Big East, you know, doesn't get a lot of shine a lot of yeah. times unless unless they have a top five team or something like that. So good yeah. program for sure. And yeah, I know we'll talk about it more. I have some friends that I worked with in Bristol um, up at ESPN, you know, people born and raised Connecticut UConn fans that I know are just elated right now. And one, one of them, I saw his post, of course, he he picked UConn all the way to win the yeah, title right. in his bracket. He's like, you guys were all laughing at me when I picked him, but now uh, who's laughing now? You know, stuff like that. So that's how it works. Well, hold that thought, Jared, let's take a short pause and let's jump right into the tournament right after these important messages. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, well, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. The national championship for the men's is in the books. 76-59, UConn over San Diego State really wasn't much of a game. I mean, UConn dominated the whole way. And I just got one question to start off. I saw somebody tweeted, uh, you know, would you take uh, UConn's run with five national championships compared to Michigan State's 25 straight five, 25 straight appearances in the tournament? Are you kidding me? That's an absolute no-brainer, isn't it? I know. It's funny. I, I was actually – I was going to bring that up um, before I saw one, our follower on, on uh, Twitter ask right. that same question. I was going to ask you guys. And – I, I, so you're saying no brainer. So you're saying you would take, are you taking UConn's or I take UConn 100% okay. five national I, championships. Are you kidding me? I'll be honest. I knew Jared would say UConn. I was like, I wonder if Ted will still go with Izzo in Michigan state in the 25 straight, but yes, because, so I looked it up quick just so, so we can let our listeners know. So since 99, U, yep. UConn's first national title was in 1999 and they've won five since then. Five national titles since 1999. They've missed the tournament eight times right. since 1999. And that's about the time that Izzo's run started. 25 straight um, tournament appearances. As we know, only the one national title. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, you know, over 20 years ago. So, right. I've, I've seen some people say that, like, they would rather have the overall 
conference and tournament success than this like back and forth. And it, yes, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like I just mentioned, like I just mentioned, my friend up in Connecticut, the diehard UConn fan. Think about it. Five times he's got to live on this mountaintop of winning yes. the national title. And us as Lions, Tigers, all these, you know, Michigan fans, how many, how many times do we have titles? The, like the Pistons is like our last thing that we can remember or whatever. So it's like, no, give me those national titles. I don't care about tournament appearances if we're making, if we're winning national titles. Right. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I don't know how UConn's done it, man. I mean, Ted, we were talking about the Mount Rushmore coaches. I mean, Jim Calhoun put him above Izzo as well. That's a name we didn't throw out there. I mean, three titles uh, during the same run as Izzo. Uh, so I'll add him to the list as somebody that I'd put above Tom Izzo in terms of resume and coaching pedigree. Uh, but overall, just, I mean, what a fun tournament. It really was. Uh, yeah. It's always weird as the tournament goes along. It gets less and less, like, intense or you you enjoy it less, which is, it is what it is. I mean, it's a perfect product. It's just kind of the way it goes unless you have like a Duke uh, versus North Carolina in a championship game or something like that. Right. Um, but it had this tournament had everything. I mean, the opening weekend was incredible. The second weekend was incredible. I'd put the first two weekends up against any other tournament we've ever had. I mean, the mm-hmm. upsets, you had you had game winners, Furman. We had obviously at San Diego State. We had FDU with all-time upset. I mean, Michigan yeah. State was making a run. Uh, you had you had heroes like Marquise Noel. I mean, you had fun old school teams like SDSU getting it done the old fashioned way. You had mid majors like FAU uh, making deep runs. It had everything. I, yeah. It just it, it Team, never seems like point. Princeton. Princeton making yeah. a yeah. run, but this year especially, it really had everything you could look for. Uh, so it's just sad, man. I mean, I already did the math. Three hundred forty four days until right. next year's tournament starts. So now we're just kind of count down the days until next year. So you laid it out, and I was going to ask you guys too. So, like you said, really no blue bloods. If you blue bloods in the final four, no one seeds, no two seeds. Uh, do, do you think that's good? I haven't seen the the ratings come out yet on on last night's game, but do you think that's good for college basketball? Is it good for fans? Is it good for ratings that there's no Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Michigan? you know, LSU, not LSU, I was thinking women's basketball, but, you know, there's none of those blue bloods in the final four. Is that good, bad? You know, what do you guys think? It's obviously probably not good for ratings. Those will probably come out. They're not good. I, who cares in, in that regard, I guess, for us as fans. I can see why, you know, the obviously the companies care. But, uh, no, it, it, the reason that tournament is so awesome compared to, like, college football is anyone can win it, and that's what makes it so great. That's why we love that opening weekend so much because you know that, uh, if you can make it through that opening weekend, you got a chance to really go all the way. Um, yeah. So no, I, it's it's perfect the way it is. Yes, it maybe left us with a little bit of a lackluster Final Four, but that's just because UConn was so so much better than everybody else. I mean, FAU yeah. versus San Diego State's an all time great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn just happened to be that kind of team that didn't get touched. That happens every six, seven, eight years or so. It seems like so. Yeah. Uh, they were just incredible. I don't. I didn't see it coming at all. As you guys know, I had them losing round one, Diona, which wasn't necessarily. I mean. They were the closest team in the entire tournament with UConn leading them at halftime by two. Uh, but no, I, I was dead wrong. But hats off to UConn. I mean, Danny Hurley, he seems right up your alley, Ted. He really does. Yeah, I like I like the way that guy coaches and operates. I agree with you. And uh, I think ideally, back to the original question, uh, a perfect tournament might be a couple blue bloods and a couple of you know underdogs to make the final four. But you know, the other thing I got to say is. 
really, when you think about it, UConn's got to be considered a blue blood, don't they? I mean, five championships sure. in, in the last, what, 20 years or so? I mean, right. yeah, maybe they've had some down times, but put those five championships there. I don't know. You put yeah. them right up there in the yeah, top. Yeah, here's what I would say. If, if people want to claim that Michigan State is a blue blood, which state right. fans do, yeah. I mean, UConn's definitely above them. So, yeah. Well, uh, similar, no you know, you can make you. it's similar to say like in football. Like you can, Michigan State's a blue blood for overall like program success. Obviously not like a ton of national championships, but they're always good. They're always winning the Big Ten. They're always making the tournament, even back to, you know, Magic Johnson's days. Mm -hmm. They're always good. They don't have all the national titles. It's kind of similar to Michigan. People consider Michigan football a blue blood. It's not like they have, I mean, me back in the 1900s or whatever, you know, (laughs) they were winning national titles, but since like the fifties, they only got the one national title. So people say the same thing. How is Michigan football a blue blood? You know, they've, they've got the most wins overall of any program, but not all the national titles like Alabama or, you know, some of these other teams. So I, the blue blood thing to me, I, it's just like a funny sports debate conversation yeah. to me, but I would say, yeah, UConn should be up there. I mean, why not? Sure. Well, the other thing is the the big debate always is, you know, national championships, whether whether it's football or whether it's basketball. And there are some sides to argue when you look at the overall program, you know. Yeah, Michigan State doesn't have a lot of national championships. They have what Judd Heathcote had one and Izzo has one. But if you do look at the overall program, it's got to be right there. But here's the thing. It's a blue blood. Which means basically what you're one of five best programs in the entire. You 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 can't not have many national championships to claim you're one of the five best programs. Right. So, so five's the number. Five's the number, not ten. I mean, where do you come up with for five? blue bloods or for yeah. or for? for I mean, let's bloods. see. We can name them. We've gone through them. Let's see. It's Kentucky. It is Duke, Indiana. North Carolina. It is North Carolina. It's Duke. Right. I would put UConn in there. Five. It's Kansas. Six. I but that's, that's a that's it. a thing. Like most people, always put Indiana in there, and they haven't When's had the last time they won. Success. Well, they're kind of that's who exactly. I would consider is like the Michigan of of basketball. Right, is Indiana basketball? That's that's where I draw that comparison. Yeah, they have the tradition. They just they really haven't been there for a long time. But as soon as they make it back, you're you they're a blue blood. Right. So if you're yeah, top it, top five, not top ten, would you put Michigan State top ten? I think, I, in yeah. my opinion, yeah, top ten for sure. Because like you said, they're always there. Right. Just maybe not the national title success, but fair enough. I mean, you, you've got to put you UConn. I mean, I I think it's a fair com or it's a fun conversation about the whole like, would you rather have make the tournament every year or be up and down but win those national titles? I mean, I think it's, it's easy. Most people would say. Well, I mean, it's kind of like it, as a Lions fan, would you take the a one off? We made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, and then we don't make it again for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Give me yeah. that one year of a Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. I, would, I mean, Michigan basketball, we had a lot of lot of success uh, in Beeline, but I would have traded all that success for what, that in 2013, a national title yeah. that year. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, we got to talk about Michigan basketball for a second here. It's been a freaking dismal last few days. Um, yeah. as I mentioned, I was duped for a second. I, w- I was feeling vindicated for a second because I thought that. Dickinson confirmed everything I thought about how Juwan was coaching Jet. It turned out it was fake, but maybe it is true behind closed doors. But Kobe Bufkin leaves for the NBA. That was kind of a shock to me, at least. I don't know. I thought he needed another year to really kind of develop, but he's gone. Dickinson joins the portal, which was the biggest shock of it all. Yeah. 
what is going on? Do you guys make much out of those two moves? I mean, I tell you what, it seems like next year is going to be a big like swing year in Juwan's tenure in this program. And we've gone from having what we thought was going to be like a pretty good to some would consider very good, like team returning. And they're all gone now. And now you basically have to replace all five positions. Uh, and Jet Howard also left. I know we know we aren't strongest on him, but what, what, what the hell is going on in Ann Arbor? This program is in shambles. I think it's, I think it's more, at least in my opinion, I know I'm, I'm a little more of a Juwan fan than, than you guys are. I think it's more the state of college basketball than anything. I think Juwan definitely has some work to do and he has to prove himself for sure. But I think, at least in my opinion, Dickinson, I almost feel like he's seeing the writing on the wall that maybe his game isn't going to translate to the NBA, at least right now. So he's just chasing a bag. He's hoping some school says, come here. We've got some wild NIL deal for you. Come here for a year and make a bunch of money and play another year. And then maybe you'll get drafted or something like that. Buffkin, kind of the same thing. He he took off around midseason. He he played really well. I think his stock is really high. And I, I saw a couple of the latest mock drafts as he's a first rounder, a mid to late first rounder. And that's like a 10 to $18 million contract. So why why not? I mean, you know, we, we saw the, the incoming transfer that they had this year. Llewellyn blew his knee out, you know, like 10 games into the season or whatever. If you can make yourself 10, 18 million dollars by getting drafted this year, you know, go do it. Yeah. And I, I think that's what Buffkin's doing. Why come back? Yeah, he could probably use another year in college of development. But, you know, the risk of injury and then why not go play, go, go develop. And I mean, look at pool, Jordan pool got drafted and did that rookie year spent a lot of time in the G league. And now he just got a max deal and he's, he's one of the better players in the league. So it's crazy. I mean, the, the jet Howard thing, we'll see how that plays out, but I think Buffkin is turning in. He looks like he could be a solid pro. Um, as far as the actual program, like your question, hopefully Doug McDaniel and Terrace Reed come back God. because if those two don't then they are left with nothing i think those two could be something to maybe i'm not saying like win a big 10 but you know you got two players that look pretty good all right now hopefully you've got to get some guys in the portal you've got to hope to bring in a couple solid players because if if not you're looking at the the mid to bottom of the big 10 again yeah yeah and, and again back to your question i mean you know the jury's still out on Juwan. Um, it does not look like he's a program builder, but it does look like if he's going to be successful at Michigan moving forward, he's going to have to be a portal coach. They're going to have to bring in people year in and year out, you know, to join the program. And I don't know if that's a recipe for disaster or just a short-term fix, but if you're going to be in for the long term, you really got to be a program builder, don't you? Or, or am I just old fashioned and not seeing the big picture? Well, I mean, you look at this this tournament, I think, is is <clears throat> indicative of that. The the one and done thing, yeah, it's like hit or miss, but you've, you've got to have experience. Look at the teams in the Final Four. They've got third, fourth-year players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, you get the one-offs with a, maybe a Duke or a North Carolina with a bunch of guys that are freshmen that might, might make a little run. But even Michigan State, look at that's why they always thrive. They've always got third, fourth-year players. And maybe that, like I've said before, maybe that's how Juwan – you know, he's recruiting guys that mostly plan on being one and done. You know, they're they're kind of blue chip type players that want that one one year in the league, maybe two, like Buffkin, and then they want to go pro. We I mean Jet Jet almost always said he was gonna be one and done. 
mean, of course, he was always going to come play for his dad. But, you know, like maybe you need to start recruiting guys that are a little yeah. more, you know, they, they are going to take some work. So they're going to be in your program two, three years. Well, it, it's just you like know. we're Michigan in the portal. It's like it's a second tier program. You're, I mean, Kentucky's big in the portal. Duke goes and gets guys in the portal. All these schools are getting guys in the portal. Whereas Beeline understood, obviously, the portal wasn't around when he was here, but he understood that you kind of like what Michigan State and Tom Izzo have still been able to do despite the portal being around is they're still able to keep their key guys intact. Tyson Walker, Hoggard. I mean, they're what going on four years now at Michigan State. You that's what you have to do at Michigan. You yeah. you can't you're never going to get the top tier portal guys. You're never going to get the top tier one and done guys. So him trying to do this, it just makes no sense to me. I don't think it works. I hate watching it as a fan. You don't know who these guys are until the right. season's just about over. Yeah, I, selfishly, I hate it. But I mean, less selfishly, I just don't think it's working. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, and you brought up Michigan State. Look how good they're going to be, especially even though Hauser said he's leaving. What if they convince him to come back? I mean, they're going to be really solid next year you know with the whole philosophy of players coming back for their fourth and fifth year you know yeah. it's it's proven yeah and i think especially in the big 10 you know the big 10 isn't isn't as like run and gun as some of these other conferences so yeah mm-hmm. you need some experienced players especially at guard and, and some tough big men so yeah i, I think we're all they're not going to fire Juwan this offseason, of course. They're not going to move on. But, you know, next year, he's got to start showing that, like you said, Ted, that he can, you know, I don't know if, like, build a program, but, like, sustain a program, yeah. you know, because college basketball anymore, you're going to have turnover. Guys are going to transfer. Guys are going to sit out, you know, go go pro, you know, whatever. So he's got to figure out something because – like other teams aren't slowing down you know it's not not like other teams are going to be like wait for michigan you know he's got to figure something out so yeah hopefully he does the dickinson thing i'll i'll be curious to see where he goes because i mean he he could have still made some money nil money at michigan so i I wonder if some other school is basically going to be like push all the chips in and say, Hey man, you're, you're a guy, but he'll be fun to watch wherever he, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it'll be I'm very curious to see where he goes. If he stays in the big 10, right. uh, that'd be hilarious. What if he right. went to like Purdue just joined in on the long line of their freaking tall centers they've had. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. That's for sure. Well, look, you want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the women's basketball tournament, man, what a, what a tournament and what drama and what yeah. craziness. I mean, Let's get into that a little bit. Let me just start. You know, I, I did see the uh, the end of the game with Angel Reese, and I, my first reaction was, man, I, di- I didn't like it, but that's basketball. But, man, what a whirlwind of yeah. social media crap and <laughs> debate, and it turned into a racial thing. I mean, it's, it's just wild. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I, I probably – I. I enjoy women's college basketball, like to an extent. I'm not going to act like I'm, I'm saying to an extent. I'm not going to act like I would sit down and watch a ton of women's college right. basketball because we, there's just so much other stuff to watch. But because of my job, I did watch quite a bit. I was on a few crews and, you know, covering the SEC, watched a ton of women's college basketball this year, including LSU. So what it what it I kind of sh- what it kind of showed me with the national title game or even like go back to the final four. Not that many people watched LSU women's basketball this year, which, you know, I, I understand 
Angel Reese, what I'm trying to say is Angel Reese played this way all season. That's mm-hmm. how she's played her whole career. Talking trash in people's face, running her mouth all the time. That's just her style. She's she doesn't back down for anyone from anyone. So I think a lot of people watched LSU for the first time this past weekend and were like, oh wow, you know, this this girl talks a lot of trash. And it's like, yeah, that, that's who she is. Same with Caitlin Clark. I, I I covered or I did a few Iowa games this year. Caitlin Clark is the same way. She's the best player in college basketball. She's gonna she's gonna move right on to WNBA whenever she does and play really well there. Haley Van Lith, who plays for Louisville, same thing. I mean, she she talks a ton of trash over there. So this this isn't like a new thing in women's college basketball. And I think a lot of the analysts were saying that that a lot of people and like the the championship game broke broke a ton of ratings records. So oh, a yeah. lot of people were finally watching that game and maybe had their eyes open that you know, wow, these these ladies, these women talk trash just like NBA players do. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, if if you hadn't watched any games, then maybe you would be surprised by that. The social media reaction, it's just you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen because because of the racial aspect, like you said, because of it's it's women playing and some people don't like that. To me, I just neither of those things have ever been like an issue to me. So I just don't understand it. I had no issue with Caitlin Clark doing what she did. I had no issue with Angel Reese doing what she did. I don't care that women are out there. You know, some people say like they don't look classy out there. That just sounds ridiculous. The racial, none of that stuff has ever, ever been an issue to me. So that's why I just, I never took an issue with what was going on. The one thing I'll say is people were saying what Caitlin Clark did and what Angel Reese did were exactly the same. And it's just, it, it wasn't exactly the same. I mean, that's just me saying that it's not exactly the same isn't playing the race card or, you know, doing anything like that. Caitlin Clark made a bucket and did the, you know, you can't see me one time. To her bench. It was, it was, well, it was kind of to her bench, but Haley Van Lith was over there. So people were like, was she doing it at Van Lith? You know, who knows? But she did it one time real quick, moved on. Angel Reese sought her out and was following her around at the end of the game did it multiple times, even after the game was continuing to do it, which, you know, she's, she's living in the moment, you know, she just won a national title, whatever. So that I'm just saying that to say it was not the same. What, what each player did that that's the one thing I would say. Otherwise I really couldn't care less. It was a good game. Yeah. It, uh, I agree. It is funny that people would say they're the same thing. I, I Ted, I kind of had the same thought as you at first, when I very first saw, I was like, well, she crossed the line. Yeah. But the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I'm like, this happens like every night in the NBA, it seems like. Maybe it's because it's the national championship, like basically the confetti's falling when she was doing this. Maybe it was right. the sodding her out, that type of thing. But I don't know. I mean, you see Pat, 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 Patrick Beverly does this every night to somebody new. It seems like where he covers his nose and, and says you stink. Russell Westbrook walks around calling people trash. It's right. it, it, so, But we think that's funny. We think that's cool. Uh, so I just kind of decided, you know, I, I I don't have a strong opinion either way on it. it. People clearly do. And so I'll let them kind of battle it out on Twitter. Yeah. One thing I will say, I mean, 9.9 million viewers at 3.30 p.m. on Sunday. Absolutely. Same amount of viewers as the 2021 finals, which was a good finals, if you remember. Suns versus Bucks. I mean, what a wake-up call for the NBA. But what an awesome weekend it really was for women's sports. And here's the thing about Angel Reese. People might be pissed at her, but I mean, what she did is probably did more for women's basketball than a lot. And obviously, Clayton Clark did a big part of that with her entire run, Larry Bird esque or Pete Vanovich esque, as you would say, Ted. Yeah. But I mean, tell I tell you what, I'll be curious to see what happens next season. I, I would hope that these two will play each other in the regular season and, and maybe at the start of the season. 
Yeah, because uh, it's going to be fun to see. Yeah, I saw somebody posted. Uh... Uh, you know, why not have an opening night doubleheader with the women and men, man? It'd be awesome to see a rematch LSU and Iowa just to get it off and rolling. I mean, yeah. and, and Caitlin Clark, you know, I just want to throw this out here. I mean, she is, she's the best women player I think I've ever seen. I mean, she just does it all. She's yeah. phenomenal with her court awareness. She can drill the three. I mean, she's fun to watch and, they, and they're both fun to watch. I guess back to the, the Angel Reese thing, it just blows my mind. I got to say it one more time, whether you agree with what she did or didn't do, how does it just, is it just our society that things automatically go racial? I mean, come right. on. It's right. yeah, there you, are two different things. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it it's, it's weird because you don't know if that's like something that's been ingrained in your brain over the course is like some sort of, I guess, like racism. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, you make, it makes you feel that way. I didn't feel like I it, I felt like I viewed it and had nothing to do with race. It was just absolutely. I felt like what she did was a little bit overboard. But at the end of the day, it's like Clayton Clark probably talks a lot of trash during the game, and sure. so I don't blame her. One thing I will like if 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 it if it comes out or if it, it probably was true that they were talking trash back and forth throughout the game, uh, I have no problem with it. It's whatever. I wouldn't do it personally, but I don't think it's worth you know her getting trashed online over it and all that sort of thing. Right. The one thing that kind of was comical to me about the whole thing is why they said that they felt like they felt the need to do that or why Angel Reese said that is because of the whole, they let the girl from South Carolina shoot. I mean, right. I was that I don't understand why that is a big deal. I really right. didn't get it. I mean, that that's Draymond Green every night in the NBA. Right. And we don't view it as disrespectful. It's it's like gamesmanship. You know, if you, and if you watch that video clip, the girl doesn't even look at the rim. Right. Like it's right. like, she doesn't, like, it's like why would you guard her? She's not even right. attempting to go toward the rim. She's not even attempting to shoot. So I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah. at the end of the day, man, well, I mean, both Caitlin Clark should be happy that this happened. And Angel Reese is obviously going to become a lot bigger of a star from what happened. So mm-hmm. I think they're both like winners at the end of the day from this quote unquote altercation. So yeah, yeah good for them. Yeah, what? it's a shame that immediately it, it goes to race or, you know, the gender thing because it's women's sports and it's a shame too that it's it's gotten to the point where like if you say that even if you're not playing the race card you're saying that maybe angel reese went a little too far and how she was like following clark around if that's just your thought people say like oh you're you're racist you're saying that you know and it's like no like i'm just saying specifically what she was doing i just think she maybe took it a little far it has nothing to do with race you know like you can't even like voice an opinion without people saying that like you're racist or sexist or whatever you know it's like so it's almost like why even have like a conversation yeah so because you're you're not even gonna let me like voice my opinion on it that's it that's why you just stay away from it really i mean and that's why sometimes you do because like i i can't I, I didn't really get on Twitter much, you know, while I was on vacation. I hop on yesterday, you know, of course, and that's what everyone <laughs> is talking about. And, you know, I was just like, there there was a couple things I was like, I might reply to this. And it was just like, it's not even worth it. It's yeah. not even worth it. Yeah. Well, it's the just one a thing, shame. Because, it, you know, it takes away from a great game. It was a great yeah. game, you know. It does, but it's also, I mean, I, it's like, it's, it's great for the sport. It's yeah. stupid yeah. and silly as it is. I mean it got the people talking about it more since it's ever been talked about. Uh, and, and I feel like if it was just another game and, and, uh, Iowa loses, it's, it kind of fades off after a couple of days, but we're still talking about it, you know, two, yeah. three days later. So right. I like they say, 
any publicity yeah. is good publicity. It doesn't need, it can be bad, but man, it, it's putting eyes on the women's game and you know, yeah, it's, it's a oh, side story. Yeah. It's a side story, but man, the, the quality of play is just so good, you know, and, and you guys know me, you're more NBA fan than I am, but I'm not that huge of an NBA fan. I'll get tuned into it when we get going in the playoffs, but the college game, the college men's game, and now the college girls game, I'll watch the women a lot more now just because of Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and some of these other, yeah. you know, stars that, that, and they play good basketball. I mean, I cannot well, believe the level of play that they have evolved to. It's just yeah. incredible. Well, they, I mean, the, another thing that's in women's basketball is the fact that they all stay for four years, basically. Yeah. So it's like, you actually get to figure out who these characters are. I mean, Caitlin Clark, if this was men's basketball, she's gone after right. this year. So, but now you could, she's come back another year. So you just, you get to keep building up these these uh, characters. Yeah, yeah. Women. I mean, I, I would say it's pretty top heavy. I mean, the right. You know, the, the very very good teams. The the basketball is fantastic. It's it's really good. Same same with the men's same with men's basketball. The lower the lower teams. You know, it's sometimes kind of brutal to watch. So some of these you know men's games like the bottom of the Big Ten. You're just like, man, this is. Almost even Michigan this year at times is like this is yeah. kind of rough to watch. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, I mean, if they schedule LSU and Iowa next year in the beginning of the season, people are going to watch. Put them on an aircraft carrier, man. That's what I say. <laughs> no, hey, so kind of like your your point. I was going to ask you guys. So the three thirty on a Sunday. Yeah. Why not figure out a way? I don't know if like you know with the Final Four if you'd have to put them all on Friday or if someone would still be on Thursday, Friday, cause you wouldn't want to go Saturday then Sunday for final four, the championship, but why not have the men's and women's championship both on Sunday, have one at three 30 and then the other one at, you know, seven or eight, something like that. hundred like, percent. That'd be the, unbelievable. The men's game tipping off at nine or nine 30 or whenever it was on a Monday night is just one it's shining bizarre. moment. Doesn't run until like midnight on Monday. It's just like this, it makes no sense. I think about this. I worked the uh, baseball, an entire baseball game, pitch clock era. Um, Houston <laughs> Astros versus Detroit Tigers last night. I got back before the game ended. Right. And it, st- it started at 8 o'clock. Started an hour and a half before that. Bat- I mean, which I guess that's not that's yeah. not the point. But, but still, no. baseball is usually longer. So Yeah. Right. Well, it was, it's a lot of fun for sure. And I got one question for you guys. Do you think it's time? I'd like to get your opinion. Should college basketball go to the four quarters? The men's side? I don't think it really matters. No, you don't. I don't. It's, I don't, it's, I don't the care. Flow of the really game, one way or the other. Why? It's less. It's less breaks. It, the game goes by a little bit quicker. Yeah. Right. I don't the know. One I thing I'll it. say, I, I wish they um, shorten the shot clock in men's basketball. Mm-hmm. That I think that would speed the game up a little bit. But the four quarters thing, I don't know. Like it just feels faster with four quarters. It does. I, it's just like it's like it's funny. It's just like splitting hairs. There's literally no difference. Same amount right. of time. It's just what I guess if you want to divide it into fourths or you just leave it as half. So, right. I, so I guess I wouldn't be mad if they changed it, but it kind of is what it is. I don't well, care. One one final question on the on the lady side. Uh, did you guys have thoughts on the referees? Because that was another hot topic. Uh, the referees suck all around. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> men's game, women's game. I I just you know it's just so wild to me that they can't pay full-time refs like pay these people like it's a full-time job so you get the best of the best it just right. and also like there's always going to be mistakes i don't know the so refs you didn't are think, always bad it's so you just, didn't think it was extra sucky oh i mean it was in that game but yeah I don't know, were, what do you do i right 
I don't, I don't know what, what caused that, why that was. Um, I mean, Mulkey was definitely working the refs and it definitely right. worked. Uh, yeah. but it wasn't like it was just only bad calls against Iowa. I mean, just not a good officiated game. It, it's, it's sad. It's, I guess it's okay because it wasn't a close game. So it's, it's kind of getting put on the back burner and make, and then this whole Angel Reese and kind of Caitlin Clark right. thing started. But it, yeah, it wasn't not well officiated. That's for sure. Right. And you might be surprised on this when Clark threw that, the ball behind her back. I, you know, any other game that's a technical, isn't it? I mean, I didn't have a real fault with that. Yeah, I, I, I guess that could be questionable because they said like it was it was a technical because it was a delay a game, mm-hmm. and they had already been issued the like warning delay a right. game. Yeah, so it wasn't even that they thought that it was like you know rude or you know whatever. It was because of the delay game. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, all right, uh, before we move on to our prep spotlight. Uh, talking about the Tigers, and I know you—they—they they had a much-needed win last night after uh, just completely embarrassing three-game set in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, still looks to me like it's going to be real trouble for the Tigers. Jared, you were pretty optimistic going in. You, I was. You, you see, you see some optimism there. I—I I mean, the bullpen is where I'm very concerned. I think the hitting is going to come around. Yeah, it was a very bad first series. I mean, we saw seven runs in a, in a win against the Astros last night. A couple home runs. Riley Green hit a home run. Central Torkelson, a couple hard hit balls. I just worry about the bullpen. I mean, obviously, there, we already had some injuries to the pitching staff uh, with Brisky out, uh, Scooble out. Obviously, Mize is from Tommy John. I worry about that. That's my number one concern. Um, other than that, I don't know. I mean, Tampa Bay's just a good team. I mean, yeah. McClanahan's a really good Talented. pitcher. Springs is a good pitcher. So, so I don't put too much. I mean, it's a brutal schedule the Tigers have coming out of the gate with uh, Tampa Bay and then Houston, Houston and then the Red Sox. And then it keeps, it gets worse and worse from there. There's really not an easy, easy series until, you know, we're a month or two into the season. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's early. It's too early to say. I, yeah, I, I'm, I haven't totally given up. As you guys know, I I was very high on this team. I thought they were going to be better than they were last year. I mean, here's the thing: they started nine and twenty-four in 2021, which was a terrible start. I don't expect them to start that bad this year, and they still ended up winning 70 plus games. So it could happen. It's a young team. I think it's going to really rely on confidence and you know, kind of riding the wave of momentum. So a big win last night when if they would have blown that 4-0 lead. I really think it could have been like a another series sweep. So I just think you take it one game at a time. It was a big time win that they got last night. Now we just see what happens uh, in the next couple of days here against the Astros. How long can we say it's a young team though? We've been saying it's a young team for eight years. I feel like, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but at some point, like, well, these guys aren't young. You I know, think they, they got to turn into actual big league players. I, to be, it's sad, you know. We thought the rebuild was over, but it was not a, a rebuild that was done correctly uh, no. with the, the Avila administration. So now that Harris is in here, he kind of actually has really hit the rebuild button, and so now we'll give it another shot. It, it, it sucks. I mean, nobody wanted it, um, right. but it kind of is where we're at right now. Is mm-hmm. it wasn't done right? And if you built, you know, a house on whatever you want quicksand or whatever a saying like that is, it's not going to work. So we might as well just hit the reset button and build it right back up from scratch. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. And where What's... they're at right now. I know only four games in last in the league in batting average last in the league in on base percentage 28th in runs 29th in slugging percentage Yeah, <laughs> 22nd in home runs. So you saying that the hitting's going to come around. 
I mean, there's nowhere nowhere to go but up because they're last in yep. the league in basically every hitting category. And then the other thing we never talk about much is defense. And I think I saw a pop-up fall in the field and a couple other miscues that you just can't do at the big league level. Uh, let's hope they can bounce back. You know, I don't blame any of it on Hinch. I mean, you know, there's people calling for him to get out of town or resign. I mean, come on. You can only play the players you got, you know, right. and they need to step I guess up. Here, here's where I'm at with the whole thing. And, you know, we we love to get fall, get hopeful. That's what we do every year with the Lions. I mean, they're over under a set of 69 wins. Yeah. So I think maybe our, you know, our expectations are maybe a little high of what this Yours. group is. And, you know, I it, I mean, they're, they're a 71 team. You know, if they hit, if they win 70 games, they overachieve. Uh, so I, well, from that standpoint, I mean, if they're 20 games up below 500, it's a good year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they're not really that far behind that out of the gates at one and three uh, going against a couple of playoff teams. Uh, obviously, the batting needs to improve. But the batting was not very good last year, if you remember. So it was like historically terrible. Right. So uh, you just – Rome wasn't built in a day. Obviously, I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win the World Series. Obviously, I'm not right. sitting here saying I'm, I'm, I love how they started the year. It hasn't been good. But I, I just – I was – believe me, three days ago, I was like, what, what is going on with this team? I can't believe yeah. I'm watching this. The, the I, I, I had my high hopes. Then you kind of get brought back down to, to the bottom after the you know, series swept. Then you win against the Astros. Now it's, I mean, it's still so early in the season that I don't right. look too much at the schedule. If they can stay, hover around, you know, right around 500, as long as they're near that, I'll accept it. Now they're going to be there because it's the very start of the year. But as long as they're still hovering around that number, I can't complain too much. So it's a marathon, baby. Well, I will ask you this you know, in your offices, you know, you got the Red Wings. In the middle of the road, but then you got the Pistons, horrendous losers of 20 of 21, and then the Tigers with this start. That everybody still have a decent attitude because you know you're 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 working with professional teams in the D. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's a dream job, right? Yeah, right. So, April, yeah, April in the D isn't what it the, used to be. No, yeah, obviously, you'd I'd love to be covering the freaking uh 04 Pistons and, and that sort of in the 06 Tigers, but. Uh, that's what makes me, I can't wait for, to actually have a playoff team when I'm yeah. in this building and we're winning and get to cover a team that's, you know, one of the top teams in the league, or even like a team, like say we get Wimbanyana. I mean, it'd be a blast to cover the Pistons next year. That'd be right. awesome. So you just got to keep your fingers crossed and, and hope and, and pray, man, that it's not going to be like this for very long. It's been like it ever since I've been there. There's some people that have been here since, you know, 2016. And it's like, you think about it, man, that's like seven years without a playoff team. Right. 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 That's so, tough couple of quickies before we move on to the prep spotlight. Uh, Michigan had their spring game. Didn't really showcase much, but the big story, uh, our friend Reggie Walker was on top of it, that Jaden Davis, the quarterback uh, out of your neck of the woods, has verbally committed to Michigan. That's that's a good sign for Harbaugh and the crew, huh? I mean, we're, we're talking about, Jared, you kind of said that, that Juwan is guiding the Titanic of the Michigan <laughs> basketball program that's about to sink. It's almost like the complete opposite for Harbaugh and Michigan football because they've been flipping recruits. They they flipped yep. a couple from Ohio State. They this past season, you again we talked about the transfer portal. Harbaugh's been cleaning up in the transfer portal. They've probably got the best offensive line again in college football, not just the Big Ten, probably in college football. Their running backs, you know, they got Blake Corum to come back. Yes, he was coming off an injury, but you know, he probably still could have got drafted, but he came back. You know, they got, you know, J.J. McCarthy. They've got another five-star quarterback. Hopefully Davis doesn't flip. Yeah. You know, he's verbally committed. But, you know, all, winning cures all. I mean, think about it. Harbaugh was always doing well recruiting. Now that they've won the past couple Big Tens, made a couple playoffs, 
you see what it does. Michigan has that brand. Michigan is always going to have that brand. You just got to win. And that right, right now, Juwan's not really showing that. We're seeing what's happening. Jim Harbaugh is. We're seeing what's happening. So if they if they make win the Big Ten again or you know make the playoff again this year, I mean they're we're poised for a pretty legit run with with Michigan football. I'm definitely going to go watch a, a Jaden Davis game this yeah. this fall because like you said, he's he goes to one of the high schools here in Charlotte. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find at least one Friday to go watch him. Take the fam. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like we traded our soul. It's like we can't have two good Michigan teams at once. Whenever right. the basketball team's good, the football team's horrendous. Whenever the, the basketball team sucks, the football team's been good. So, it's, But I'll be honest, I'll trade the football team being good for the basketball, being good, basketball team being good 10 times out of 10. So, 100%. 100%. I mean, Harbaugh is doing great, man. Uh, I love to see it. Uh, it seems like we've gotten through the whole like debacle with the NCAA. We haven't really heard anything about that in a while. Yeah, right. Um, the 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 portal. He's cleaning up, like you said. Got a good tight end from Indiana. I know. Uh, and a big quarterback signing, which is, I mean, that's what you need. That's what he, we maybe lacked in the past with the 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 Rudox and the Pattersons and the Wilton Spites. But ever since McCarthy's kind of come through, and now it looks like we got McCarthy's replacement waiting in the wings. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Michigan fan. I mean, it, it's brutal how last season ended, obviously. And we're going to be thinking about it a lot as the season unfolds and maybe they start it strong like they have the last two years. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that postseason play. Either got to win a, win a bowl game, whether it's a Rose Bowl and you don't maybe, maybe you lose to Michigan, Ohio State and you make it to the Rose Bowl, you got to win it. Or if you make it to the college football playoff, you got to win a game. Uh, yeah. So that's where we're at. And on top of that, you know, none of us are all humongous hockey fans but michigan going to the frozen four and i love the name frozen four that's just, it is cool. just classic it is awesome yeah we're we're I'm, I'm covering it um on thursday and then say so yeah, we we i was out of town but we covered it here in charlotte we produced those games so awesome. I, was, I was telling the guys who were working on the game i was like they, they weren't really hockey fans but i was like watch michigan michigan tech was in it too mm-hmm like a lot of Michigan love there for the Frozen Four. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll move on, do a quick uh, prep spotlight, maybe slip in a little entertainment tonight. But first, a few more words from our great partners. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, uh, we'll jump right into it here. The prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse, uh, you know, kind of starting off the spring sports section right now. Owasso has a, a really good female pole vaulter, Claire Agnew. She's cleared up to 11 foot. She's already out to a good start here in the in the bad weather start of the season. 10 foot six already in pole vault. And Ovid Elsie's Trice Tokar took first at the Saginaw Valley State University Invitational. He went 14-1. He's a defending state champion. And uh, Chesanine Zach Harlan won the 200-meter 
at 23.23 seconds. So we're off and rolling, you know, baseball track here in Michigan. It's it's tough. You know, I don't know what the answer is because weather is such a factor, especially the first couple months of the spring season. But uh, we have some, again, some great athletes here to start the spring season off. It's always comical. They have the baseball games like scheduled for like like two weeks ago and they, they just get canceled every single year. It's like, I don't even know why they put them on the schedule, but uh, they're always on there. They always get canceled. But yeah, it is, it is brutal, man. I think if you, if you love baseball, I mean, that sucks. Like I remember when golf season would come around mm-hmm. and it's like, you're sitting there, you're inside the wrestling room, taking swings on the wrestling room right. with a little foam ball. It's like, this freaking sucks, man. We got to get <laughs> yeah. out of the course. So I know how those kids are probably feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my senior year of baseball, I think we ended up not playing like six or eight games. Just they they didn't get rescheduled because we right. kept the first few weeks. We kept getting rainouts, rainouts, rainouts. It's just, you know, it, if you live in Michigan, that's kind of what's going to happen or some of the northern states. But spring sports are definitely fun. It's something about it's Masters week. You know, March Madness just happened. Spring sports track, you know, baseball and stuff like that's coming around softball. So it's definitely a fun time of year. Better weather is coming, but the the rainouts when you're an athlete it makes it tough to kind of like stay engaged sometimes you know and yeah like you said you're taking batting practice in the wrestling room or yeah. you're you're taking grounders in the gym trying to trying to judge a grounder skipping off the basketball and court it used you know? to suck man i mean you love play- like baseball games are a freaking blast they yeah. are the practices is kind of brutal and so like when those games are getting canceled like i remembered it from when i was a kid like you the same thing would happen man rainouts you freaking were pissed when it mm-hmm. would happen so it's it hopefully there's it's not too much longer i mean we're, we're, ted you're kind of seem like a, a resident weatherman. i mean how much longer we got of this kind of slushy weather well we probably got, got it three weeks or so anyway you know up and down you know until you get to end end of april early may it's it's pretty sketchy at best for sure yeah. uh also before we wrap up this segment uh you know we had awards for uh the basketball stars out there the all area basketball players for both the the boys and the girls out by the Argus press. And I, I don't disagree with the, the Argus's selection player of the year, Xander Woodruff, you know, averaged 24 points a game led uh, Langsburg to the quarterfinal. Uh, you know, also Ty Coleman from new Lothrop. He had a couple 40 plus point games. Uh, he's a senior Gabe Lynn out of Durand. He was the player of the year last year, had another solid season. Clay Wittenberg of Ovid Elsie, Mason struck a big center for Chesanine and Corona's uh, Braylon Sosha made the first team all Argus. So congratulations to them. And also on the girls' side, Aubrey Morris or Aubrey Rogers, rather out of Morris averaged 21 and a half points a game. She was the player of the year. Uh, she was joined by Jordan Lawrence of Duran, Ava Bates and Evelyn Cole of Ovidelsi, Mackenzie Dorner also of Morris and a freshman out of Owasso. She's going to be one to watch here in the next uh, few years. Danica Dwyer, an outstanding point guard, and uh, she made the first team. So congratulations to everybody there as we now move forward into the spring season. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll just take a real quick pause, and we'll come back for a short entertainment tonight, and then we'll wrap this thing up. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, well, something has been pestering me kind of over the last couple of weeks since our last recording. I mean, Ted, you said that you were ditching cable. Uh, and in the mo- in the middle of that, I kind of didn't really grasp what you were saying. But the more and more I think about it, I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, your DVR, your cable setup, your account, every extra possible HBO Showtime channel. I mean, that's who you are. That is your identity. I hate the idea that you're thinking about cutting the cord. I mean, I like to imagine you as kind of like a like a cowboy back in the day where it's like your six shooter, <laughs> like you can pull my DVR remote from my cold dead hands. You know, I mean, I just I, I the more and more I thought about that, man, the more and more I it really bothered me. I mean, what are you talking about? Who cares you to pay a few extra bucks? That is who you are. That's something that you can always rely on at the end of a long day that you can sit on your couch, your DVR remote in hand. Anything you missed, you can watch and anything possibly on TV, you got it covered. What is going on? Are you really having, it's like a midlife crisis or something? Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I did do a little further research. And by the way, I wasn't going to give up the DVR because whatever service I signed up with was going to be unlimited DVR through the cloud. So, you know, that argument kind of goes away, but I did do some, some number crunching and i i actually sat down went through my cable tv list of all the channels i watch on a regular basis uh, my premium channels that i gotta have like uh, hbo max and and showtime and after it was all said and done and you you're 100 right it was it wasn't that much more money to keep the cable so i think i've decided i am keeping the cable i'm probably going to eliminate one of the dvr boxes but other than that i'm, I'm probably going to stay right where i'm at so you can sleep easy tonight. <laughs> you have numerous DVR boxes? Three of them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> my wife, my, wife has, my wife has to have one in her office because she has to record different shows on HGTV. We have the main DVR in our family room upstairs where her and I watch that one primarily. And I had one in the basement because I used to record games. This is so corny. I used to record the high school broadcast on the television station that was the local access. That's how I would get the recordings and pass them on. Now that we no longer do that, I don't think there's really a need for that DVR. So we're, we're going to be a two DVR family Here coming up shortly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of it. I mean, but you have to do it because right. If you can't, you're not going to unplug the DVR in your basement and take it upstairs when you want to watch something. But exactly. I thought, I mean, I guess I didn't have like TiVo or, you know, back in the day when that stuff first came out, you know, now DVR, like, like for us, we watch it on Hulu, mm-hmm. whether we're logged on, you know, up in our bedroom or down in the living room, we can watch the same DVR stuff. Do you, your DVRs don't work like that? Uh, no, no. It's so whatever. like if you have it recorded down in the basement, you can't see it upstairs. Exactly. And the uh, other thing that used to bug me, you know, every once in a while, you, you'd have a crash of the whatever the chip is in the DVR and everything you had recorded, there's no way of getting it back, right? And I, I never understood that. I always thought at the cable company, 
if you turned in a box, you could maybe hook in a thumb drive and at least well, get dude, what are you what do you have on these like your freaking daughter's graduation or something is on these dvrs <laughs> I mean, what are you like so worried about losing i'll tell you what i'll tell you what maybe on the next podcast because i did actually do a little research thinking what do i watch i have a whole list of my shows that i'll have to bring you guys oh. on board sometimes and and it, it would it would definitely crack you up so <laughs> there's a lot of stuff Sure. One thing I uh, you can add to your list. Uh, this is my one entertainment <laughs> item for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the this is from the same makers as Last Chance You. Um, Cheer is the name of this this oh. series. Yep. Uh, Greg Greg Whitley, who is the you know director of Last Chance You basketball, Last Chance You football, and this Cheer show. I mean, he really stands alone, man. I, I, he the cinematography on these shows, the storytelling. I mean, the, the fact that I am watching a show about cheerleading and I am like very invested in it, it should tell you all you need to know about how they put together these shows. The pacing. I mean, they, the way they shoot the, the cheerleading scenes, the, the action scenes, the basketball scenes, the football scenes. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it can't be touched. It's, it looks so good. They, the, they have popular music when you need it. They hit all the right themes. I, I feel like, you guys don't follow me as much on this show. I think, like, I mean, Ted, I don't think you've ever watched really any of the Last Chance You shows, have you? The first, I think I watched the first two seasons, and that it's not that I didn't like it, but I just, there's just so much on my list, right. so I have to, <laughs> I have to pare them down, Jared, you know? Yeah. But it, yeah. it was good. Well done. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of the, I've seen clips here and there, but Last Chance You, same reason. I don't doubt that it's great. But that just echoes the show, at least, like, listen to you explain that show. No matter what the the uh, the topic is or, you know, like, the content, if it's very well produced and done well, then, you know, I, I'll mostly watch almost yeah. anything, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas if it's, like, a, say, an NFL football game or, you know, something that I'm highly interested in, but it's poorly, I don't know. I'd probably still watch the football game, but, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like I, when would you ever watch a show about cheerleading, but because it's done so well and they make it so interesting, you know, you're, you're going to watch it. So, and you just compare it to a show like the the golf show. I mean, where I felt like I was just like slapped together almost. uh, And you really got nothing from it. I Like it's just, it's just so much better. Uh, so yeah. I just, I don't know. I just love them. I hope they keep coming out. Honestly, I hope they go back to football. That's still the best of them all, but whatever they do, it's working. So, yeah. Good stuff there. Well, I, I only have a couple. Uh, I just finished watching on Showtime, uh, season two of your honor. I can't remember if I talked about it before, but the star is Brian Cranston. He, he plays a new Orleans judge who gets tangled up with the mob down there and, and a, a couple different gangs. It's got a great, subplot that starts it off if you watch the very first episode of season one of your honor on showtime it'll definitely suck you in so it's, it's really good well done and another one this is one i think jared you would like um i don't know if you've had a chance to watch it or if you have showtime it's called yellow jackets have you heard about yeah. the concept of that one it's a it's about a girls high school state championship soccer team that is flying out to the national national tournament and their plane crashes in the in the Canadian Rockies, and it's uh, a story about how, how some of them survived, and then they do flash forwards to twenty five years in the future, which is current time. So there's a lot of so what it, went on when they were young, and then what's going on now 
25 years. Oh, it's later. like the what's the uh, is it uh, Ethan Hawke movie? What's the rugby movie? Similar to that, yeah. We're, uh, as far as the survival, yeah, yeah. There, it, and it's it's very well done, and I would I would definitely recommend it. I'm on episode seven of season one. I see they just started season two, so it, it's a good it's a good series. Well yeah, done. Here's Ted. Here's the thing with these recommendations, man. Like we said with your cable package, <laughs> nobody's got all these. You know, yeah. Show what was the first show it was on? It was on Apple or whatever. Then this one's on Showtime, and then I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, you I'm, a shill, you I'm a shill for these premium services, you know. I mean, they should give me free premium. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's the, the next sales pitch when when the, there you the go. partner contracts come around. Call up Netflix, call up HBO, and be like, "Hey, we've got this segment on our podcast, Ted Entertainment Tonight." We'll we'll yeah. say that it's brought to you by HBO Max. Just you know, Amen. Yeah. And by the way, you bring it up, Matt. I mean, we don't we don't shill for advertisers here on this podcast, but uh, most of our advertisers, their contracts are up uh, end of June, and I'm sure most of them will re up. But if anybody does want to advertise with us, you know, just send us a shout out, and you know, we we got room for you. We'll fit it in, right? We'll fit it in. For sure. Yeah, entertainment yeah, we, needs a sponsor, right? What's that? that? Entertainment tonight needs a sponsor. Absolutely. That, that way you we can't ever kick it out of the show like we like to do sometimes and you get upset about. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we, we could get it, you know, like with the prep spotlight is brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. It could be Ted Entertainment Tonight brought to you by yeah, whatever you want. But hey, so so quickly, you you mentioned the uh we we didn't bring it up. I know we're about to sign off, so it's Masters Week. Yeah, Jared, you, you mentioned the golf show. Are, are we locked in uh, on the Masters? I mean, it, is it the same like always? You know, of course, we're going to watch the Masters, depending on who's on the leaderboard on Sunday or what. Scotty Scheffler, the favorite, Rory, John Rahm, Cam Smith, yeah. Jordan Spieth, they're all up there as the, the favorites. Tiger is playing. You know, I mean, there's, this is the most anticipated Masters, I think, in a long, long time yeah. because of the LIV versus right. PGA drama. I mean, so I'm going to be working every second of it, but right. uh, <laughs> if I wasn't, I'd be watching every second of it. I yeah. mean... Brooks Kepka's playing well. That's that's cool to see that he's like kind of rounding into form right in the perfect time. I mean, he usually is close at the Masters. He's never won one, or maybe I don't know. I don't think he's he hasn't won one. I don't know. Um, so yeah, you got Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods paired together. You got Brooks and and Rory paired together. I mean, they're they they know they're not shying away from the PGA and live drama, right. which I love. Yeah. And, and I don't want a live guy to win, but it, it would be awesome. To, it would be a very fun storyline if a live guy comes into this event and wins the biggest one of the year. It'd be huge for that tour, uh, and it would just be hilarious to see how the PGA Tour guys would be so upset about it. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see like what, what kind of happens there because that, that kind of is the the drama of the PGA. I mean, Rory, it seems like every press conference is talking about something that has to do with all that. Tiger obviously has been outspoken on it, and, and then – you know, the LIV guys have, have been too. So it's just, it, it is something about the masters. We probably say it every spring on the podcast when it comes around, it, it just feels like when that comes around and those birds are chirping, even if they're fake birds, when those, when those birds are chirping on the broadcast, it just makes you feel like, ah, makes you like feel warm inside when you're watching the masters. Wait, wait a minute. Are you saying those birds are fake? Is that, yeah. is that bad? I believe they do do fake. Yeah, I do. I do think they pipe in some fake. Oh fake my goodness! Like you just ruined my viewing. I can't. <laughs> no, but that is what sucks, man. If I had it my way, I, it, it could be three inches of snow on the ground. But as soon as this Thursday rolled around, if we had sixty degree weather and the sun was shining, I would take it every yeah. year instead of this BS like kind of half spring, half winter that we deal with for the whole month of March yeah. and basically the whole month of April too. 
Well, I'm still a couple weeks away from putting the uh, pontoon in the water. Matt, you're going to make a trip up here so we can do another pontoon uh, cast this summer. We're we're definitely we're we're making a trip up this summer. I mean, I I know we we talked about it. Jared called me out on the whole 20th anniversary uh, class reunion thing that uh, is happening this that. summer. So all right, so we'll we'll be up at least for a little stretch. So maybe we'll have to schedule the second annual. I don't know if it'll end up being annual, but the second tune yeah. cast anyway should be. Absolutely. Well, that was a good. fun time. That was fun. Yeah. That, so but, that's that's probably it for you, Ted. Right when when the pontoon gets in the water, that's when it's yeah. It's that's officially for... spring summer season beginning yeah. for sure. Usually Dude, though, around this time you have some issues with the boat. What, what's the <laughs> issue this year? I hope no issues because remember I fixed it last year. I had a I had a full season of no issues. Just there you going go. Back. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Fingers nice. crossed. All right, guys. Great catching up with you again. Uh, we're glad everybody had a good spring break. Actually, I'm going to take a little bit of a mini spring break coming up at the end of this week. But uh, I'll be back to record the next podcast, which will be 261. This is the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare Center and SkyMint Cannabis. Speaking of SkyMint, you know, we just had April Fool's Day. Well, no joke bundles on the agenda. Flowers and pre-rolls edibles extracts vape no joke eights that's uh sky mint cannabis you know from from farm to stash grown right here in michigan over 20 locations in the state uh, check out the sky mint reserve and also find out anything you want to know about sky mint skymint.com also memorial Healthcare. Well, they got a lot of good things going on and uh, including you know the exercise area the sky track They've got a big open house coming up at the end of April and a whole lot more. Check them out at memorialhealthcare.org. I keep grinding away there, trying to maintain my weight, and it goes up and down a little bit. But if you don't get the moving in, it's just going to keep going up. Right, boys? Stick with it. I always say, like, even if even if you get 10, 15 minutes in, that's better than nothing. Absolutely. I got to get off the chair, away from the TV and the DVR. That's what it's all about. Well, a, lot of, a lot of those treadmills or ellipticals, they have TVs yeah, on say. the treadmill. So you can still watch your stuff, just get moving. That's true. Actually, my, my, my current routine is when I'm on the SkyTrack, I'm listening to uh, some of my favorite podcasts, you know, and that, that's, that's, how, that's what gets me through. I also want to thank our other great local partners, which include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Don't forget to give us a follow on the socials at Three Point Pot. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Go Tigers. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. See everybody. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan three-point podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.